Hello everyone and welcome to the Absolute Cycling Podcast. Here we share stories, ideas and tips on all things cycling. I am your host Johan Weikert and I look forward to spending this time with you. Okay. So good morning Davi. We've got uh, I have the privilege to speak to Davi Ruhr this morning to, and he's just uh, hiked up Kilimanjaro. Um, the second of our customers or clients that's gone up Kilimanjaro. So Davi, good morning. Hello to you, Jan. So, David, this, I mean, Kilimanjaro is always, I know it's not a real mountain climb. It's a, it's a, it's a long hike, eh? Yeah, let me give you a bit of an idea of what it's like to do it. It is a long hike, depending on, I mean, depending on what, what you, how do you want to do that? But in our case, what happened, it took us about five days to get to the summit. And then back was about a day and a half or so for me to come back. I had to come back very quickly for, for certain reasons. But yes, it is basically a long hike. Uh, but to give you a sort of a, you know, what you experience when you go up the mountain is that, of course, you see the mountain. The mountain is there and it's big. And as you get closer, the mountain just gets bigger. It's a majestic mountain. It is just the size of the mountain just wows you. And as you get closer and closer, it's as if the mountain is getting closer to you, not you moving to the mountain. But the first couple of days, the first four days or so, it's a, it's a gradual gradual walk up where you climb or walk up about a 1,000 meters or so per day that you gain in altitude. And you sleep over every night. One specific evening, you have to sleep over twice at one camp. But during the day, you climb up a thousand meters or so, and you climb back again and sleep into the camp. The idea is, as they say, to climb high and to sleep low, just to get used to the altitude. So, so it's, it is a gradual climb, except for the last day, because the last day is when you actually go up the crater itself. So it is a gradual sort of thing, but the last day is very steep. It's really quite steep. And the base camp, the, the final camp before you summon, is at the base of the crater. And the crater is, is quite steep. And that's, a, that's, of course, not, not, it's not a technical mountain climb, certainly not. It's still a walk, but it's a very steep walk there. And the last part, as you get up to the, to the, to the crater, uh, the top of the crater, that is very, very rocky with big boulders and things. And then suddenly you are at the crater and you look into this amazing, huge, big crater. And as you stand there, then uh, it's still not at the highest peak yet. And you can actually see where you have to walk on the side of the crater, walking up to Huru Point, which is the highest one. But I, and that's another, say, two, three hundred meters or so that you actually have to climb. And now stuff, stuff really gets get very tough to do. It really that last uh, two, three hundred meters or so, that's really tough. And, and the, the most difficult part for me was not the climbing itself. Which, of course, you need to be fit and so on. But the most difficult part for me was the cold. It's cold. It's very cold up there. Uh, and the last evening, for example, it was it was seriously cold. I mean, I, I slept with all my clothes into a sleeping bag just to just to warm up a bit. And even that wasn't good enough. It was very cold. That was the most difficult part for me. And the second part, the second thing that's also quite difficult is because you the altitude is so high, you run low in oxygen and you get out of breath quite quickly. So it's not as if you fall down and stop breathing. That's not the case. You just sort of get tired, kind of, mm. out of breath because of the lack of oxygen. So, Darwin, let me just unpack this a bit. So you, so you started the Saturday, and you guys hiked nine and a half hours for 13 kilometers. 
Yeah. Um, and, and then you only slept one night at that spot. Yes. So we slept, uh, we entered the gate, the place we, the route we decided to take was a wrong guy route. So we walked in and uh, you put all the times and so on there. I have to go and get it. But okay, so we took the first day, which was fairly easy to go. You go through the rainforest, which is absolutely amazing. You see things like these uh, uh, colobus monkeys, a uh, wonderful rainforest at the foot of the mountain. It is really pretty. A uh, couple of hours you spent in the rainforest, and then gradually the vegetation gets sort of less and less. Uh, and just by the way, the end part is in a, in, in, a, in a desert. Up there at the mountain, it is a desert. There's nothing growing there, and it's very, very dry. <laughs> but okay, so the first couple of hours in a rainforest, and you come to a camp where you sleep. It's coolish, it's not cold, it's sort of cool, nice. And then from there on, you go to a second camp. We sleep a second camp. And then the third night, we sleep twice. No, no, I'm, I'm going to catch you first. I want to just do it okay. day by day. So day one, we went, we went nine and a half hours. You climbed 1,200 meters. That sounds about right. At, yeah, and, and, but you're sleeping already at 3,750 meters, which is, which, is, which is higher than the highest peak in Lesotho. So, I mean, day one, you're already pretty yes. high. I mean, it's not like you're not going up. And I'm from Pretoria, so my I'm, I'm accustomed to 1,600. So it's well above what I'm accustomed to. Yeah. So and then day day two is as as looks like you day two was an interesting day because they they day two was four hours and thirty four minutes and you went four and a half kilometers, um, and you climbed another six hundred and seventy meters. Now we had four thousand three hundred meters. So day two looks like it was reasonably yeah. steep. Can I, yeah? Can I just can I just two things that are important here? When you climb uh, Kilimanjaro, they they tell you all the time, pole 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 pole. That means go slow, go slow, go slow. So pole pole, go slow. So the idea is to gradually gain altitude so that you can get used to that. That's one. Yeah, yeah. The second thing is that you need to drink a lot of liquids, a lot of liquids. And all the time, you will stop and drink liquids. Stop and drink liquids. So the idea is to get used to the altitude and to drink a lot of liquids. And whenever you eat anything, when you stop somewhere, you're going to get tea. And uh, when you, just, before, just before you eat, you're going to get tea. And when you eat, you get soup, watery soup. And when you eat in the mornings, you get breakfast. It's a watery porridge kind of thing. You get liquids. <laughs> You get liquids all the time, and they keep on encouraging, stop, let's go and have a drink. Let's yeah. stop, let's have a drink. So, so the idea is to gradually get used to altitude, and then, of course, drink a lot of uh, liquids. Okay. But, I mean, and I, and I, and I understood that from, from my previous discussion with, 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 with the, the girls who went up there as well. They were told poly poly is like is the, is the, the secret to longevity. <laughs> yes, slow, the... slow. That's the yeah. trick here. And, and uh, that's difficult for me because uh, I'm actually a sprinter. I'm a runner. Uh, and I know even on my, when I do some bike slicking, when I, uh, on my bike also, uh, that's a problem that I have. I always start to fast, you know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm quick out of the blocks quickly. And when, after a couple of hours, I start to fade. And, but here, I went into this adventure uh, and I told myself, I am going to be not in front of the pack. 
I'm going to be in the middle or at the back of the pack. I'm going to, I made a point of that. Although I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I was stronger than most of the other climbers in the group, uh, I made a point of uh, trying to go as slow as possible. But yeah, <laughs> that was tough for me. <laughs> All right, and then day, day three, the Monday, it looked like you, you guys started close to a dam. Yes, no, actually what it is, it's just a, 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 at, the, at, the, at the foot of the mountain, that's actually still at the foot of the mountain, there are a number of springs at the foot of the mountain. So remember, it snows on top of Kilimanjaro, yeah. and it, uh, quite a lot, actually. And there are glaciers on top of Kilimanjaro, but, but it's dry as well. You don't see any rivers coming from the top of Kilimanjaro. So what happens is that the water simply goes into, so into the ground, I suppose, and then you get all these various springs at the, at the foot of the mountain. Uh, and this is where we stayed at night three. We stayed yeah. at, the, there's a small spring uh, and a kind of a stream running down and it makes a, makes a, a small uh, dam or small lake. And we stayed next to that in the mornings, early in the mornings, that little lake is, is frozen over because it gets quite cold there. We must be about 4,000 or so, about 4,000 above sea level at that specific level. Yeah, and we stayed, 4, there for, yeah, we stayed there for two nights. Uh, and on day four, so we climbed up on day four and then we came back on day four. So the idea is to climb up, to climb high and to sleep low. So we climbed up to get some altitude and we stayed there. And I can tell you again, and this is something that really wowed me, where we stayed at night three and four, it's the same camp, we couldn't see uh, Kilimanjaro from where we stayed. But when you climb up a little ridge and you walk just over the ridge, then suddenly this mountain is in ahead of you. It's lying in front of you. It is, it, is, it is so overwhelming. It is so majestic. It is so, it is so absolutely wow. And we sat on that ridge for a long time just looking at this amazing, amazing mountain. And there, from there on, you can actually see the base camping at the foot of the crater where we were going on day five, when we are eventually going to summit as well. So, yeah, and by then also the vegetation was very sparse, vegetation, very very few plants growing there. Uh, and in fact, some of the plants that do grow there are very special and you only find them there. We find funny things like, for example, a chameleon. We saw a chameleon. We have found a couple of things like certain geckos and things like that. But basically... It is, it is pretty much a, a very cold desert kind of environment uh, which we found ourselves. And then, David, what's interesting for me is, I mean, I, I'm, I've got your, your training files open in front of me. I mean, your heart rate, I mean, you always got a low heart rate, but now it's getting extraordinarily low. I mean, I mean, you know, day five, that first stint up to the base camp, I mean, you've got an average heart rate of, of less than 100. I mean, it's like, it's now, I mean, the body yeah. is just, you just walk very slowly. The, the last day up to base camp is a, it's quite a long walk, but it's not a steep climb because you walk simply to the foot of the, of the crater. It's a, it's a long walk. You can see base camp long, well ahead of you. Uh, and we walked very, very slowly. So the idea is certainly, and also keep in mind is that we slept a lot. Johan, I can't tell you. I mean, I'm not a good sleeper. But I will just go and lie down and I will fall asleep. I would after evenings after supper, go to bed early and I just sleep. No problem. Until the next morning, get up again. So, And I think it's a combination of a number of things. I think obviously one reason is because of the low levels of oxygen. That's one reason. Mm. The other one is simply because it's cold. You don't want mm. to be out 
You want to be in your sleeping bag. Uh, and I also think it was in a way very, very relaxing for me. I really, mm. really relaxed and I enjoyed the whole trip. I was fairly fit, as you know. So it wasn't physically, it wasn't difficult for me, mm. except the last yes. part, I must admit, uh, was, was, was a bit of, was not that easy. But it, physically, it certainly wasn't difficult for me. So I could really relax and enjoy everything. Enjoy yes, this no mobile amazing phones, now they they were we had cell phones and um, they were I had a, a Tanzanian SIM card and every now and again we get a, we got a bit of a signal and I would send pictures or videos or whatever okay. to people. But at on, least on no business. business. At least you were, you nothing were business. business. Nothing okay. about business. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So tell me, David, did you go, did you go with a big group or was it a? Yeah. We were, we were probably around about 12, I think we were 12 people. Of the 12 people, two couldn't summit. And maybe that it's worth explaining to you why they couldn't summit. So I'll talk about that if you want me to. So two couldn't summit. And then two of the group were, we had to be taken off by, it's called the, the Kilimanjaro Ambulance. Now the Kilimanjaro Ambulance is like a stretcher with one wheel and five guys sort of, carry, drive you down. <laughs> and so two guys were, were, were taken down on the, on the ambulance. But perhaps the last day, the summer day, maybe I can explain that, what happened there, because that's yeah, right. Yeah, so, okay, what happened? So we got the base camp at around about, around about 11, 12 o'clock in the morning. And then uh, we had something to eat. And after we had something to eat, we went to bed. So the afternoon, we, we slept. We, and I could sleep. It was easy for me to sleep. So I slept the afternoon, get everything ready a little bit uh, while you were awake. And so I slept. And then we had an early supper around about six o'clock or so. And again, soup and uh, liquids and stuff. Uh, and then we went back to bed again. And they woke us up about 10 o'clock in the evening. And uh, so remember, we are at the foot of the crater itself. It's quite yeah, steep yeah, yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then by 11 o'clock, we were up and ready and off we went. So you, we all had to, of course, you well um, wearing all this protective gear and clothes and all that. And then you had a headlamp as well. Now, I didn't even switch on my headlamp once the whole evening because of the moon and the stars. It was so bright. I didn't switch mm. it on once. So we started climbing and uh, we were, like I've said, we were 12 in the group. So and some elderly people, I think the oldest people were around about 65 years old and some young people in the middle 20s or so. Mm. Uh, so, so gradually we started moving up the crater in a long queue. But one guy in the, in the group, they asked me to walk right behind him because by then it became clear that I, I was doing quite well, I was strong. And they wanted me to walk behind this guy, because he kept on falling and he was unstable on his feet and all that. But every now and again, he would stop. And, um, and that's, that's a bad thing to do when you go up a mountain like Kilimanjaro. Don't stop. Keep on going. Don't go fast, but don't stop. Don't, un, un, unless you stop to drink or rest or whatever, but don't stop every couple of minutes. Mm. Uh, and because he stopped every couple of minutes, he stopped the whole group. And that is really not good for the rhythm in, in walking up, you, you need to want, you want to keep on going, keep on going slowly, but don't stop. Uh, and because of that, one of the guys that we eventually, when we got to the, to the rim of the crater, and that is literally about 
two, two, three hundred meters from the top of of of, uh, of Uhuru Peak. One of the guys said, "This is an, this is enough. This is not worth it. I'm turning around." And he turned around when he could see the end. He could see yeah. the end. Two, three hundred meters of another, and he said, "That's enough for me. I'm turning around." And he turned around and he couldn't make it. So him and the guy that that stopped every now and again, the two of them couldn't make it. But the reason why this guy gave up there is because he lost his rhythm. Because mm. the other guy kept on stopping all the time mm. and stopped the mm. whole group. And if we just kept on going, we would have been there a little bit quicker and we would have been had the momentum to continue up, including this guy that decided, listen, he's not, he doesn't, he simply cannot climb another two or 300 meters and he stopped there. Uh, but I, again, let me just say, before I get to the last two, 300 meters, when, when you got to that, uh, up to the rim of the crater, and you look into this amazing, huge crater. Yarn, it is so big. It is so overwhelming big. It is so absolutely wow. It's something that you cannot put in a, you can, uh, can't represent it in a, in a picture or in a, or in a video. It, you have to be there to appreciate it. And then from there, you walk on the rim of the crater, up on the rim, up. And of course, there are some glaciers all over the place. And then I started to suffer a little bit. Then physically, I started feeling quite quite tired there. I never felt tired. And I started feeling a bit tired. Uh, and it's, it, started, it really stopped catching. I don't know why. Um, because everybody's complaining. A lot of people were drinking stuff for altitude, illness, sickness, and all that. I didn't drink anything. Um, and then I think perhaps there's a point where your body says, because by then we were up close to 6,000 meters, close to the, mm. to the top. Yeah. And my body are running low on oxygen and it was really getting cold. And I think my body just said, listen, now I'm starting to suffer. It's not, I'm not, I'm not talking about suffer like in the last five kilometers in a, in a marathon. It's not as bad as that. Uh, but it, it, it's certainly not as bad as the last hour in Comrades. I've done that as well. Certainly not. I mean, Comrades <laughs> is much worse. But I, I can tell you, I was, I was, I can, I could start feeling less. Yeah. I'm getting tired now. Yeah. And then we got, and then you got to Uhuru Peak, and it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a come down because now you're there. <laughs> so you now you're there at Uhuru Peak, and I took some pictures. And but it was, it was, it was emotional for me. It was really emotional to to be there at Uhuru Peak. And then we turned around <laughs> and it took me a day and a half to get down off the mountain again from there onwards. And, and the guys that were, that were taken down in the, in the Kilimanjaro, Kilimanjaro ambulance, why were, from where were they taken down? From the very top? Okay. The okay. okay. The one guy that, that couldn't make it, the guy that stopped the whole group, he, uh, he turned around uh, perhaps halfway up the crater. He turned around and he went back to camp. And then um, one of the guys that actually made it to the top, on his way down, he sort of said, listen, no, I can't take this anymore. I'm, uh, he physically simply couldn't make it anymore. And it took him forever because the Kilimanjaro ambulance can't get up the, the crater. It's too steep. Mm -hmm. So he had to walk down and he took forever to walk down the crater itself, which is 1,200 meters or whatever, to the base camp. And when he got to base camp, he was just not... He was just... Bobby, do, they, do, they split, do they split the support staff up when this happens? I mean, have you got some... Some people staying behind with the slow guy and the rest leaving with you guys. Initially, we didn't want to. Initially, the sl slow guy went with us, uh, and then later on, we could see that he was, you know, he's, uh, he was he was became becoming a bit of a problem. So we left one of the gu guides with him, and we went on further. 
And he tried a little bit, but he could see he couldn't make it, and he turned around. So how many guides are with you guys? I mean, it must be quite a lot. No, not. Uh, they, there's a lot of uh, support staff. There are probably about three support staff for each one of the <laughs> climbers. So three um, porters. Uh, three porters, but that includes cooks and everybody else. Yeah. But when you do the final push, when you do the final push, they are in total, we were 12. I would guess they were probably around about four of, of them with us. Yeah. Uh, because by then you can really, you can see who's going to make it, who's not going to yeah. make it, who's yeah. strong enough and all that. So you can see who needs your support and who doesn't. Yeah. Something else, something very interesting that happened to me on the way down, we were down about 200 meters, not even at the rim of the, where we reached the top of the crater, but about 200 meters down between, let's call it the rim and, and Uhuru Puk, uh, we stopped for a bit of a rest and I lied down on my back. But these, these guides, they immediately jumped up and pulled me up and said, no, I'm not allowed to lie, lie down. I must sit. If I want to rest, I must sit, but not lie down. They say what happens is that if you lie down, you're cold, you're tired, there's low levels of oxygen, and you fall asleep and you die. That's what they say. So you're not, you're not allowed to lie down. You can sit, but don't fall asleep. Don't lie down and fall asleep. That's, yeah, they, don't, they make sure about that. Yes, no, no, I it, sounds think like, it's, it's, it sounds like you're a good group. I mean, I've heard some, I've heard some horrific stories of, of, uh, of guiding groups that take, that's taking people up there that was uh, very bad. It sounds like you're in a very good, well-organized. Uh, very much so, yes. Well, well-organized group. And uh, uh, yeah, they, they were really, really professional. Really professional yeah. people. And so I'm, I'm very happy with them. They, they the, knew what they were Sometimes I've heard of people getting bloating when, when they start coming down the mountain. Yes. Uh, <laughs> a couple of things. Altitude, no, not bloating, but a couple of symptoms that people got there. Remember, you stay with people... And the group that I went with are really, let's call them sophisticated people. So um, people that are used to all the normal luxuries in life. And now you have to share quite intimately with other people, uh, a tent maybe, or group and normal bodily functions go on as normal. And uh, and some some symptoms, like for example, some people got nauseous, started throwing up. Some people had some stomach issues. Some people uh, had uh, wind issues. They started farting like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so some people got headaches, typically. Yeah. So those are the typical kind of uh, symptoms that you get when you, when you, yeah. when you go up. Going down, I, I experienced some, a lot of wind. <laughs> that was, uh, so I farted like a horse <laughs> most of the time. Uh, but, but that's it. That's the only thing that I experienced. Going down, nothing really. No, going down I actually felt very, very strong. I mean, I could go on. And I, I, I went down with one of our um, guides because we had to go down for, for certain reasons. We had to go down quickly. And I was very strong on the way down. I mean, I could run down. And we, we went down very quickly, very fast. And I had no issues whatsoever going down. But the app is a bit of a different story. <laughs> so, uh, and then, I mean, is this something you'll, you'll recommend to do? But it sounds like it sounds like you had an amazing experience. Yes. A, a personal it amazing a, experience. It is an amazing experience. I would really recommend people to do this. Uh, just make sure that you are fit. It doesn't mean you have to be super fit. This is not, this is not a marathon fit. Just make sure yeah. that you can, for example, that you're able, able of running, say, half a marathon in two and a half hours. If you can do that, you're fit enough. 
You don't mm. even have to be able to do that. Just make sure that you're a normal fit person, then you will be able to do that. Yeah. But also very importantly, it is a little bit rough and tumble. So you're not going to shower for a couple of days. You're going to stink. Uh, you're going to stay. You're going to stay with other people, close to other people. Uh, you have to take wet wipes. You're not going to shower, and there is the, you get the opportunity to shower maybe once or twice. But it is so cold to shower that if you take that shower, I mean, it takes you the whole day to yeah. warm up. So people and just don't shower because it's just too cold. Yeah, and you so, stay, in same, so you stay yeah. in the same clothes as well most of the time. Away. Yeah. So, so if you if you understand that. Is that you're gonna? It is a, a little bit rough and tumble. You're gonna be dirty, and you're gonna stink and all that. And you have to be a bit fit. And you, so your head's gonna be a, uh, you, you, your head's gonna be right for this. It is not that tough, but the experience to see that mountain and to see that crater in front of you and to be able to stand on on the roof of Africa, that is just something that money cannot buy. Yeah. Yes, it's so, no, it's amazing. I mean, I. I was uh, quite amazed that you were you were you were barely back. I mean, two days back, and you were back on your bike. And I mean, I thought myself, no, Davi's going to need a bit of, bit more time to recover. But clearly, this was uh, <laughs> he was he bounced back very quickly. So, Davi, now your next your next adventure is you know not that far away. Twenty two April, you're doing Kalinin to Tonteldoors, which is another quite an extreme event. Um, so it sounds like you're quite hooked on these extreme things now. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know why I do this kind of stuff. My, um, I guess, yeah, I'm not a good sportsman, Jan, as you know. Uh, but what I like <laughs> to do in life, uh, what I like to do in life is that I like to try stuff that I don't think I will be able to do, and I always amaze myself. I mean, oh. I've tried many things, oh. and I, yeah. You, 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 you earlier told us all that you're a sprinter, and you keep on doing this extreme long stuff. So I mean, definitely. <laughs> Testing your own limits all the time, yeah. David. It was so lucky catching up with you. I thank you very much for, uh, yeah, for for taking the time out. And uh, we all, uh, would like, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the next adventures in the in the life of David Ruth. <laughs> Donkey on! I'll send you the link to those pictures and videos and things for of Kili. Thank you, everyone. That's it for this podcast. Until next time, love the ride.